From the Network Operations Center of QIB Radio Network, welcome to Tech Talk, the show where we turn geek speak into everyday language. Have a question? Call us. Our number is 443-836-0171. Now, without further translation, here is your host of Tech Talk, Chief Linguist, Joel Mahalik. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Tech Talk Live. I'm Joel Mahalik, welcoming you here. Thanks for listening in and tuning in to us here at QYB Radio Network. And that's QYBRadioNetwork.com on the web. Please welcome with me the return of Bear Fan Ron. Well, we just call Mr. Ron here. Hi, Mr. Ron. Hello. Merry week and change before Christmas. Same to you. You like that? Merry week and change. I think I created her. <laughs> Very nice to have you back. You've been gone a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been. It's been nice. Yeah, it's such a wishy-washy end of the year, though. I mean, we're, we have some. We even have disrupt, disruptions in all facets of the network. But it is so good to hear your voice. So glad you're here. I've been here. Tony has been there. Yes, he has. Uh, if of course, I would live like here at the network, so I guess that's part of the reason why. If you would like to be here as well and participate, somewhere I got this information, you can give us a call. Uh, boy, watch this. I'm going to take a stab at it. Oh, wait, there it is. 443-836-0171. Woo! <laughs> 443-836-0171. That's the phone number. Find us on Facebook. Just look up Tech Talk Live. As I said, QYBRadioNetwork.com. Uh, that's where you find us on the web. And as I said, it is the 16th, so we're like nine days from Christmas. So a little over a week. And it's, it's an exciting time. So uh, later on on the program, I thought we would talk about some Christmas tech. Uh, so we'll do that later on. Uh, a programming note for the listeners and the visitors. Sunday night, starting at 7 o'clock, is our annual QIB Radio Network Christmas Extravaganza. And the... Uh, show will kick off 7 o'clock uh, with Just Me. I'll be playing some Christmas tunes for an hour. And uh, for the most part, or, yeah, for the most part, classics, you know, anything 20 years and older, probably you probably will not hear anything newer than that. We're going to play some good stuff there. And then, of course, uh, members of the gang, including Mr. Ron. Well, uh, right, Mr. Ron, including Mr. Ron? Yes. They'll join is- us at about 8 o'clock, and, and who knows who will show up. So that's uh, this Sunday, December 20th, on QIB Radio and Reality One Radio. So you can uh, listen at Reality Reality One Radio. You can click and listen at QIB Radio Network. You can get the iTunes, the iTunein, the TuneIn-O, Spreaker, get all kinds of different apps out there. Take us on the go. So, uh, Android look, and iPhone are available too, even. That's right. With most, with most, if not all of those apps. Um, 
So uh, we'll begin tonight, uh, as we do every week, with uh, scams and security alerts and things like that. So we can try to keep you safe from the big bad wolves that hang out on the internet. And this is the time of year where, and we've been stressing. It's it, you know stress, not stress, well, not we're well, we are stressing, but we have been stressing on the show, if I grammatically say that correctly, the importance of scams and such this time of year because there's a lot of heightened scams. There's a lot of very intelligent scams uh, going on, and you have to watch out for them now. This one is not necessarily a holiday scam, uh, but a very important one, and it comes from the Mr. Ron's desktop, as it usually does, courtesy of the Better Business Bureau, BBB.org, and I'm making sure I do credit first because this scam, this is a very important scam. Thank you, Mr. Ron. And because of the importance, instead of paraphrasing, I mean, I, I, I read this, and I don't want anyone to get confused. Usually we paraphrase the details, and um, this one is going to pretty much be verbatim because I don't want to paraphrase something and be incorrect about this scam because it's that important. Okay, it is... The scam is... Uh, this is information that you need to know about government data breach letters. The U.S. government's Office of Personnel Management has been notifying those affected by a recent cybersecurity breach that their personal data was compromised. Unfortunately, scammers are also notifying consumers. Here's how to identify a real Office of Personnel, Personal Management notification letter and the signs of a scam. So this is how you spot a real OPM letter. You don't have to be a U.S. federal employee to receive a notification from OPM. The breach was wide-reaching, and there are many ways your personal information may have been included. Common ones include past and present federal employees, spouses and other cohabitants listed on federal background investigation applications, applicants for a federal job, those who worked or volunteered with a federal agency but are not federal employees. A real letter contains a 25-digit PIN to register for credit and identity monitoring services. Make sure your PIN is real by entering it at opm.gov cybersecurity. Instructions to visit the website opm.gov slash cybersecurity to get more information and sign up for monitoring. That last piece didn't make sense. I said I was not going to paraphrase and, and help. They're doing a worse job than I would. <laughs> I just thought about that. That sentence didn't make sense. Listen to that. Instructions to visit the website opm.gov slash cybersecurity to get more information. Ay, ay, ay. I think what this probably should say is visit the website to get more yes. instructions. Yeah. No, I should have right, I should have paraphrased it. Okay, here's the signs of a scam. Scammers love to take advantage of large government initiatives. Scams surrounding the rollout of the Affordable Care Act are a recent example. 
Be on the lookout for scammers attempting to cash in on this effort. OPM will not contact you for personal information. Sounds familiar, right? Some of these scam signs are going to sound familiar, how to watch for them, as with other scams. Um, No one on their behalf will contact you to confirm if you're contacted by anyone claiming to represent OPM. Do not share your information. Email is not used in this round of notifications. OPM did OPM did email to notify those affected by the breach this past summer. This time, they're sending letters by U.S. Postal Service. An email claiming otherwise is a scam. Did you lose your PIN or you did not receive a letter? If you have not yet received a letter but think you may have been impacted, you can contact the Verification Center at, again, opm.gov slash cybersecurity, or you can call the OPM by phone. So you can learn more about this by visiting the OPM website, which we gave the address out to, opm.gov. You can also go to bbb.org forward slash scam for this and other scams, and even sign up for a scam tracker and get email alerts on the major scams that you should be wary of. Very important scam, Ron. Thank you very much for sharing this one. You're welcome. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's interesting the amount, the the minute amount of information that could be affect, that could affect you. So, Terry, what I mean is if you applied, like at usajobs.net.gov, if you applied for a federal job, then boom, your personal data went into this, uh, you know, database, you know that that has been breached. Mm-hmm. It seems so minute. All I did was apply. I didn't get hired. I'm not an employee. I applied through a website. All of a sudden, your personal information is at risk. Mm. It's like we see time and time again. It's not safe out there. You know, it's it, it's dangerous. Navigating the waters of the internet and stuff. But as far as this is concerned, you know, obviously we'll have a link for the uh, for this in our uh, on the web page, so that you can certainly, certainly, certainly um, grab those details. OPM.gov is the website forward slash cybersecurity to be sure. So um, when we're talking about breaches and scams and things like that, what is interesting is the sheer amount, and I've mentioned this before, what the statistics for last year were, over 1 million new malware infestations last year. Uh, that's a lot. That's tens of thousands a day. But um, staggering. And it doesn't matter. Uh, things, they're just, they, they're coming after whatever they can sneak into, really. So, <clears throat> um, 
DNS hijacks is something I want to talk about, which is you know a, a, another uh, latent great craze, if you will. Um, there's been a, a significant increase in the number of people that have had their DNS settings hijacked, and not just on their computers, but on their routers. So uh, what is that? Well, DNS is dom domain name server. When you type in Facebook.com, okay, uh, your computer communicate in the split second. Your computer, the browser, communicate with your router to go out on the internet, and in that split second, go, I want Facebook.com. So it goes out and says, well, here's Facebook's IP address. You know, which could be like, you know, 178.34.174.2, whatever. And it does a forward and a, re and a reverse on that split second. So when you hit Facebook.com and hit enter, by the time you finish hitting enter, it's figured all that out, and it delivers to you Facebook.com. So here's the thing. Uh, in a, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, so let's say you're in your house, okay? And what is, what's your typical setup? Usually you have a modem that your internet service provider um, has given you. Um, and the router distributes the internet connection across all devices, <clears throat> excuse me, these days mostly wireless in people's homes because everyone's you know, going wireless. Um, and devices like your laptop or your cell phones, even your tablets. Um, and it'll connect things like your TVs and temperature sensors and security cameras. Or, I don't know, Tony, don't you have like a uh, uh, oh, Internet of Things controlled deadbolt in your house or something like that? I sort of kind of do, not for okay. that, but yeah, it, it's similar to that, yes. So all these things, they connect to that device. Well, uh, when one of the devices gets infected, let's say your laptop computer that's running Windows, the, the malware will connect to the router and it tries to, a few default login credentials to log into the router because 9 out of 10 people do not change the default settings that the ISP, or if you bought a router, if you're using your internet service provider's modem and router as a modem only, or as we like to say, gateway, because maybe you bought your own router, Linksys or Netgear, 9 out of 10 people do not change the default password. And you really should, that should be like the first thing you do. Because if somebody can gain control of your router or gateway, they have it all. Yep. Because there's so many things that can be done in a router to take command of all the Internet of Things inside your home. That's one of the few reasons why my deadbolt is not <laughs> on the Internet. But, yeah, right. a lot of other things But, are. I mean, yeah. but that's scary. Yeah. Think of the sheer right uh, the sheer uh, madness scariness if you will of the fact that all these different devices everybody wants a modern home so oh i have an app for that watch what i can do with my lights as we'll talk later on i mean you can you have an app for christmas lights now mm -hmm. and somebody can get into your router and they can take control of your entire house and, and it's insane um, so, um, Joel, speaking of that, I don't know if this is yes. the case when 
with your Fire setup, but I know with mine, you can if you log into your Fire's account. Uh, I know you can reset the Wi-Fi password. I don't know if you can. Yeah, uh, you can, yeah, your Wi-Fi password. Yeah, and you know. and we've said that a hundred times on the show. You should always have a hard wireless password. But I'm talking about the default admin password but login that, to the router. That you can even sometimes once you do that, though, can't you? If you're like sitting outside on a laptop, can't you? If you can get to that point, can't you log in once you fix the Wi-Fi password? Can't you log into the local router and do like their normal like? Because a lot of people don't change the default IP address on the router either. So you can maybe I'm still, not understanding. If you change well, well, the I'm saying that, you, if, if you've got if you've got like for example using like the MyFires app. Okay, or like the the in-home whatever app that they have that you can troubleshoot stuff with. Okay. You can actually access the main password and change the main password on your um, wireless gateway router that they provide you. So if you can run that app from outside, if you can access the Fire's account, yes, you know, that's the other thing. you got to make sure that you're uh, credentials for your ISP account are secure as well. Because I know that I've been able to actually change the default password for my admin account for my router through that uh, user application that, that, that Verizon provides me. Right. It, you know, so if you can log into a laptop and you can do that wirelessly, you know, you can still, even if you beat the Wi-Fi password, right, you can change the whole thing and still gain full control that way as well. Okay, so taking a step backwards in, um, also make sure that's secure as well, um, your your actual account password. So, um, okay, so if they if they get into the router, they succeed to get the malware, and then now, now they can get into your router, and what they do is the malware tries to change the settings on your DNS servers on a router. And at this moment, the hijacker attempts to change them on the IP address of their own server. And if they have control of your DNS, then they can control where your computer's going, what it's communicating in, and, um, you know, they can do all sorts of things that are very, very scary. So, um, again, you want to change your default password, okay? And you want to make sure your credentials are, are good with your account, as Tony mentioned, Make sure the default password for the router or the gateway is changed, okay? Um, make sure that you're changing the login password of the router and not the wireless network, um, or you're going to have to reconnect all of your devices. So what's important here to keep them out of your router uh, in this discussion here is change the admin password to the router from its default. You don't necessarily. You can change the wireless settings, but it's not. Ne but it's not necessary in you know this step. Although, and I always suggest that, you know. Um, lately, though, wireless settings they've gotten very uh, smart with their passwords. So the default passwords for you know SSIDs is good. So um, and so there is information uh, at any of the websites, whether it's Linksys, TP-Link, Netgear. 
uh, Asus, you know, that has the information you need uh, for changing your particular uh, router's default password. And, uh, excuse me, you can always, you can always take a look at what your DNS settings are because uh, when you have your ISP hooked up, they should give you like a starter pack, and that should have your DNS numbers, which is which is the DNS of your ISP. Which, in theory, I mean, the, if this was an advanced class, we could talk about advanced DNS things. But in theory, you would always use the DNS provided to you by your ISP. And then there are various ways that you can check the DNS that your computer is running, and if they don't wash with what your ISP's DNS addresses are, then you can change them and you can flush your DNS, you know, and um, and then if and if that happens, then you want to take a step back and go, okay, how might this have happened? What do I have to do now? Let me go back to that checklist. What was Joel saying? Is my default password changed? And really, if you've done that, was it strong enough? Maybe I change it again. Because I have no idea where these IS, where these DNS numbers came from that are in my system. That's scary stuff. And uh, but some people they'll use there's some uh, DNS servers out on the internet that claim to be faster than any ISP, and one or two of them are. Uh, Google claims that they're really good. They have their own DNS, their public DNS that people can use. And what is the other giant one? Open DNS. OpenDNS.org is another site that it will give you two public DNS numbers and that you can use. And they, I've used them. They are faster. They are faster even than the ones I use. But, and that's an interesting point as we're talking about that, um, I'm going to quick look and see, you know, what is it that Joel's using? So I'm going to do a quick check here. And I'm actually using Google's DNS. I'm not even using... My ISP is Verizon. I'm not even using their numbers. I'm using all both of my DNS servers in my computer, not in my router. My router will have your router, your gateway that you got from your ISP will be pre-programmed with their DNS. But on the computer, you can tell your computer to use any DNS you want. Now, I do have mine manually set to both of Google's servers. Um, and my experience, you know, it, it is pretty quick. Yeah, know. they're faster. So, um, okay, so am I doing on time here? So that's, you know, what you want to do to make sure that um, they can't control your DNS. You know, it's always been something that we would suggest, any IT would suggest, that you got to make sure that your firewall is safe and people can't get into it. But, you know, uh, routers have become so advanced in what they can do for you and anybody, any typical listener, even me, if I was to open up a firewall or you know a, a new router and go to work on it, I wouldn't even broach the tip of the iceberg with the things that you can actually do with them. They do so many things. And, but as everything else technology goes, as technology grows, you have to be more and more conscious of what... Mm-hmm. Bad things can happen if you're not careful. So, um, so that's why it's really important yeah, to uh, lock down your stuff. So, <clears throat> now, Ron, I'm sure that your router at home is completely secure. I believe so. 
You believe so? Someday I'll know, one way or another. <laughs> That's right. You're waiting to find out by way of activity, right? Yeah. When a rogue DJ comes in here and decides to take over full gamut radio, then you'll know, right? Hey, man, been waiting. Hasn't happened yet. It could. <laughs> So that's kind of ha- that's kind of hacker you're looking for one that one that you know knows music, yeah, and things like that. <laughs> be a boat. <laughs> that would that would be that would be quite interesting. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, one other quick thing I wanted to talk to everybody about is um, <sighs> there is a link in your production window, sir. Okay. All right. Um, there's been uh, a replica YouTube notification spam, which has been telling recipients about their delayed or deferred mails. Um, so, when you get these things, uh, what you have to do is they're going to have links in them. And I just want to reiterate. And it is important for a lot of different scam emails and whatnot that have links in them. If you take your mouse and simply hover over a link, the status bar at the bottom of the page will tell you information. If you ever hover over a link that, where the link on the page or in the email says www.opm.gov, but you just place your mouse on top of it without clicking it and look down the bottom and it, has a really weird address. That's the that's the sign that you're looking for to get rid of that email. Um, so I just wanted to reiterate that how important it is to really look at these emails. Now the new thing to avoid that because they get smart and they get, well people know people, more and more people know not to click links that they can hover over and see. So now that's why they're doing smarter things like trying to hide a zip file with something they think you're really going to need. You know, and that's that social engineering that we talked about time and time again. So, you want to be careful and mindful of these things uh, when it comes to that. But, um, anyway, we are coming up against our break here on Tech Talk Live. And uh, I'm going to force Ron into the conversation when we get back. We're going we're gonna to talk a little Christmas tech. And uh, fun stuff, though. Um, fun Christmas tech stuff. And that's coming up after the break. We're going to get a cup of something to drink because my throat is dry now. And we'll see you back here on the other side of the break on QIB Radio Network and Tech Talk Live. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. Tech Talk will return after this short break. was the night before Christmas and all through the... Oh! <clears throat> Celebrate Christmas with QIB Radio Network. On Sunday, December 20th, we will feature our annual Christmas extravaganza kicking off at 7 p.m. with an hour of Christmas fun and carols followed by more fun, more trivia, and more music all live on the air. So tune in to QIB Radio Network Sunday, December 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern for the annual Christmas Extravaganza. This is a BYOE event. 
Um, that's bring your own eggnog. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Happy Holidays! Hi, professional skateboarder Tony Hawk here with Bugs Money and Daffy Duck to remind you to get moving every day. Because when you get moving an hour a day, you'll have the energy to skate through anything. <laughs> nice play on white, Doc. That's how I roll, Bugs. So whether you like to work the half pipe, now that's catching air, kick the soccer ball around, or dance in your room, just move it your way for an hour a day. The way you like to move, as long as you're moving. Carve out some time every day and get active. Because it's time to do a 180 on what you think exercise is. Because it can be whatever you want it to be. So be a player. Be a player. Get up and play an hour a day, Doc. Check out how to be a player at letsmove.gov. Head online to get tips on great ways to get moving every day. At www.letsmove.gov. Let's hear that one more time, Doc. That's www.letsmove.gov. A message from the Ad Council and HHS. Welcome back to Tech Talk Live. I'm Joe Mahalik here with uh, Mr. Ron. And 443-836-0171. QIBRadioNetwork.com. And from that portal there, you'll get everything you need. So welcome back to the program. And um, it's Christmas next week. Nine days away. Eight to Christmas Eve. Uh, Actually, Christmas Eve is... Probably almost my more favorite day than Christmas Day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So I thought that we would spend some time for the rest of the show talking about fun Christmas tech stuff. And of course, you know, if you were to Google Christmas tech, 95% of what you'll see is People who make goofy, techy, weeny types of decorations, ornaments and stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about some of the things that you can do with outside decorations these days. Now, Rob, do you decorate the outside of your house? No. Long time ago, but not within the last 20 years. In the last 20? Why'd you stop? Just we moved to a condo. It's kind of hard to do. 
Wouldn't it be festive though if you went out and decorated the entire outside of the condo for everybody? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's it would be festive, all right. The association <laughs> would have a real festive time. Yes. So, going back twenty years, what kind of bulbs did you use? Did you use the C seven bulbs or the little twinkly bulbs? The twinkly ones. And really? they, they were a pain because if one was burnt out, the string would be, you had to replace the one, you know, it was all good stuff. When I was a child, my father had the big C9 bulbs. Mm. And what I, used to make them mad is like, you know, like we lived in, uh, we lived in a city too, AKA ghetto. But anyway, <laughs> at night people would come up and unscrew the bulbs and steal the bulbs. Uh-huh. And, uh, but they've always been my favorite lights for outside. Now, they kind of went away for the twinkly lights, but they're back. They came back. Or maybe they were always there, but they were being overshadowed by the smaller lights. Mm-hmm. But they're back. And the thing is, what I'm noticing is now they're doing Christmas lights in LED, including the C7 and C9 bulbs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gorgeous, very bright, obviously, uh, a little more expensive, and if you really want to get expensive, you can buy LED Christmas lights that you can download an app for on your phone, on your iPhone, and make it do 140 different things. Who would have thought you could do all this stuff with Christmas lights? Mm-hmm. So, I thought that I would talk about LED lights because I think they're cool. In fact, they're so cool that um, I'm making some changes with my truck, my vehicle, Uh to convert convert some lights to LED. But anyway. You'll put the running lights under the... uh... No. I didn't say I was pimping it. Oh, okay. Um... So, you have these different kinds of the LED lights for Christmas. You have the wide-angle LED mini lights, which is a 5-millimeter bulb, smaller than your traditional mini light, um, but it has like a concave lens, so it gives like a starburst halo. You have your mini lights LED, which are what you, you know, the twinkle lights, Ron, like you mentioned, that you used to use. And the lights that you would put on your tree would be considered mini lights. And then you have uh, C6, which is a strawberry light. Uh, and these are very popular because they're, they're like the C9s, the big bulbs, but they're like a third of the size. And they're very popular for doing trees and bushes because of the, fa- the the fact that they're shaped like sort of like little strawberries. G12s, which are also called raspberry lights. And it's because they remind you of like gumdrops. They call them raspberry lights. And they give off like a diamond faceted design that makes radiant light halos. 
Again, good for bushes, good for trees, even going around columns or railings. And then you have your C7 and C9s. They're the traditional design used in incandescent bulbs, but we're talking about LED here. So these are good for rooftops, uh, wrapping around large outdoor trees, you know. And they give you that, L that modern LED brightness and color, but with that kind of throwback of the, of the large uh, C7 and uh, C9 bulbs. And probably a lot more energy efficient, too. Yes, exactly. So, um, I remember um, growing up as a kid, my uncle had like a 40-foot, I guess it was a evergreen, and uh, he had the big C7 bulbs on the tree. Right. And because they had so many bulbs on the tree, they had to have like a whole separate circuit put in the house just for that one tree. Right. Um. Okay, lost my place for a second. Okay. Uh, some thoughts though. A lot of the manufacturers that make the C seven and C nine. Um, the reason people are fond of them, like as was mentioned, you know, Ron said, one light goes out, the whole strand goes out. And you got to look and replace this light, and it's not easy to do. It's not an easy job, right, Ron? It's a pain in the neck. It is. So a lot of people like the C7 or C9 because they're like, oh, all I got to do is unscrew it and screw it in. I don't have to worry about pulling the little tab out and sticking the replacement bulbs, two leads down through the holes, bending them up, et cetera, et cetera. But most of the manufacturers who make the prepackaged light sets in C7, C9, have these LED bulbs hardwired, okay? Um, so it makes it hard to swap colors or replace bulbs if you need to. Um, there's a, a lot of different varieties of the bulbs themselves, but it's not easy to take advantage of that when you have a string that has hardwired C9 bulbs. So you want to look at that, and you can find sets that will have replaceable bulbs. It would be much easier. You put out a little more money, but you know, it would be much easier. Uh, net lights. They're making now LED net lights. Net lights are great for if you have small bushes, you buy a net light, and you know, when you unravel it all, that it's like a net of lights, and you just you can just wrap it over like a hairnet onto your bush, plug it in. So they're pretty neat. And they also have trunk wrap uh, lights, LED lights. And that's exactly what it says. Is so you can wrap tree trunks uh, or branches. Um, icicle lights, one of the most popular light styles to put on rooftops or roof edges in I don't know how many years, all different varieties. But here's another idea. And I mention this because a neighbor on our street here has taken those mini lights, Ron, that you were talking about, and not LED, but regular, and they put these little stakes in the ground, and they actually lined, outlined their lawn and their driveway with them, down low on the ground. And it looks pretty neat. 
because you got the different colors and whatnot. It's very festive. But here's a concept. Rope lights. LED rope lights. And you can do the same thing. <clears throat> and sometimes the interesting thing about these rope lights, and I know this from being a disc jockey for many years and having rope lights, is you can get them with controllers that will make them do a lot of things. Chase, twinkle, alternate, you know, and you, or just on steady. Or damn, go bright. Damn, go. There's just so many things you can do with them, and it's pretty cool. So if you want to line driveways or sidewalks, you know, what a great idea. And if you go with bright white, what a great idea to line your sidewalk all year round. Anyway. But, hey, I'm just talking here. You can, Ron, I'm, I'm going to force you in here. Yes. Come on now. What do you got? Share share a Christmas tech light story from 20 years ago. Hmm. When you were hanging the lights with hammers and nails. <laughs> yeah. And, we'll, and what else? What else would be old-fashioned? Turn into ladder safety. <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> a lot yeah, of but, calls with that. But, no, you know, it was fairly all right. It, you know, the biggest hassle which we brought up is, you know, that test, the initial test when you finally get it all plugged in and you're seeing what's out and what strands bad and everything else. But, you know. Yeah, it, I can see Ron doing the Bob Rivers thing now. When the light goes out, they all go out. Exactly, but I don't know. You know, I, I have fond memories of driving through areas and seeing the lights displayed and such. And you know, many have the combinations which you brought up. You know, mm -hmm. that some are using the old school strands to do things, the blinkers. You know, but I, I am interested in seeing what the LED. Uh, type would add to the table I, I you know and i don't know if this is the same type of issue that you know the traffic lights would have but you know with a big snow and such i'm i'm wondering how well they would do with that because i know they don't give off as much heat as the traditional bulbs used to right and i respect to tony's point they're very they're, they're more economical and efficient but you're right, they're certainly not putting out the heat. Mm -hmm. So the the question comes, I mean, if, if, you're getting, if it's really, really cold and you got a lot of snow, and it, does it pack on there and end up blocking your lights? Exactly. <laughs> um, but I guess the only other thing that I, I know that I've been doing it here for the last couple of years that I've been here at the new, uh, the new home for Reality One is... I've, I've started using solar-powered lights. Yeah, another good option. Um, LED solar power. Only because of the fact that I don't have outdoor um, plugs and all that kind of stuff. When it's an older house and there's only like one outlet. Right, one I mean, and, and look how much more efficient and economical you just made your Christmas decorating. You know, the only thing you have to be careful of, and one of the things that I found out is, You've got to make sure that the the element that uses to charge it does have good exposure to daylight or sunlight, preferably, you know, during the better part of the day. And, you know, no, you're not going to get it all night, but who, you know, how many people are going to care if your Christmas lights are on at 3 o'clock in the morning anyway? 
you know, mine usually go till like midnight or 1 a.m. And, and, you know, and that's, for the most part, anybody driving past there anyway, I don't want them to know I've got Christmas lights, they're going to steal them anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but I guess the other thing is, um, and here's just a question for the panel, is, is there a point where too many lights on the outside of a house is overkill? I don't think so. I've got one house uh, in my sister's neighborhood that not only have they done every square inch of their property, the guy this year actually is, I don't know if he's running it or what, but he's actually using the next-door neighbor's yard as well. Hmm. And he's got lights literally all over the house. I mean, you know, up on the rooftop, the shed, in the back, the backyard. He's got inflatables. He's got, you know, it's like called like, okay, like, is this daytime at night or, or right, what? Right, right. That's how bright the thing is. So it looks beautiful, but anybody who wants to take a picture of it, it has to be like three quarters of the way down the block just to be able to get it all into a camera shot. Right. Um, yeah, so solar is another good option. True. Now, here's another option that uh, I want to mention that we actually did this year. And I, I, I'm not going to be writing a good review about it. We bought a star shower. Now, a star shower is a round device that mounts on a stake in the ground, points towards your house. And it's got, in, the, in my case, the one I have has two lasers in it, a red and a green one. And you can set it for green only. Or red and green, which we have a set for red and green. And basically it projects thousands of these colored dots all over your whatever. Trees, rail and porch, deck, home, whatever. And it'll cover up to like, I think, 6,000 square feet, I think. Okay. I mean, the further back you move it, the more stuff, you know, right. the more it covers. Right. Now, obviously, we don't have that much room, but we put it out there, and it looks pretty decent. We can only get it far enough away to cover about half the front of the home. So we have it set so it shoots at the center portion of the home. And it looks nice, but the problem is, is every night, because we have everything on a timer, so basically you, you turn this thing on, it has an it has a photo cell on it. So when it gets dark enough, it turns on. Well, it doesn't turn on. Even our timer goes on at like five thirty, and then shuts off at nine thirty. So now sometimes five thirty. Well, it's been getting darker, but when we first put it up like two weeks ago, right? Five thirty, maybe not dark enough. I get it. But when it is dark enough, it still isn't on. You have to come out and just all you got to do is just wave your finger in front of the photo cell for half a second, and they come on. <laughs> but um, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Is, it, is, it, is the photo cell dirty? Does it have like. No, I'm totally clean. Huh. And this thing is rated to work in like minus 30 degrees all the way up to whatever. When I tested in the house, it was fine. 
which is why I thought, okay, maybe it's because it's chilly outside. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. It's rated for like 30 and below, and it's not nowhere near 30 below. It's not even near 30. So I'm a little upset at the way it operates because i got to go out there and put a finger in front of it for a second to get it to work. So I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in that. I'm going to ask a question here. Are there any other lights in close proximity to the to the um, photo cell? Maybe turn on automatically? Like a, yeah, red, like a spotlight or anything like that? No, not spotlights. Red candy cane lights. Is it possible that maybe there's enough ambient light coming off of those candy cane lights that would, would throw off the photo cell where... Waving your finger in front of it is enough to trigger a dark patch enough to make it trigger it? I guess that's possible, but it should have been written in the instructions. Well, I, I, I don't know how close your candy cane lights are to the photo cell. You may want to reorient the photo cell and see if that makes a difference. Hmm. Maybe I should run a new an extension and run it across the street and put it in a neighbor's yard. And then shoot it at my house. Sure. But then <laughs> when your cord gets frayed from the people running down the mm-hmm. speed bumps from hell, then it won't yeah. work at all. <laughs> um, okay. Back to the lights. Um Just an idea. So what you can do is give you a couple ideas here when you are doing small bushes and trees what are good lights to use uh you can use wide angle with the mini or the raspberry or the strawberry lights they work great for them and of course if you're doing bushes the net lights what about trees well you can use the five millimeter you can also use the the big bulbs if you want if especially if it's a bigger tree trunk and again, you can use a trunk wrap. You can, you know, if you can find that, they're, they're, that's a very interesting thing. I've seen them. Uh, roof lines and walkways. Well, you know, C7, C9, they're my favorite. Uh, icicle lights are great for roof lines. Um, and rope lights. Although I don't know if rope lights, you know, on a roof line, I don't know. I like the rope idea for maybe a straight run across like a deck railing or if you want to line your sidewalks because you can put it. Right on the landscape and up against the sidewalk, run it down. That's all I like for the rope lights. Um, and, you know, just so some different ideas on what kind of lights that you would uh, want to use. Um, you know, and then, um, I, you know, here's here's a big debate for, for uh, Christmas. <sighs> Spectrum of colors or white light, Ron? Uh, I'd say spectrum of colors. I agree. I like the white light other times of the year to accent and accentuate your landscaping and your home. But I think once Christmas comes, it's time for some color. Because the neat thing about the Christmas lights, the LED ones, even the big bulb ones, is you can buy them and have them for non-Christmas time. If you want the white, that looks good doing trees and bushes in white. 
the rest of the year, other than the holiday. It just looks good. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you uh, live in a warm climate. You can use the white and just carpet your grass, and it looks like snow. That would be a lot of light, Josh. Um, some suggestions when you're saying, "Well, I want to have color, you know, color combinations." Like some people are like, "Let's just do color." And you get a string that has, like, repetitions of all the colors, and you know. But then there's people who say, I want a certain combination. What are some good combinations for Christmas? Well, what about blue and green? That's a good Christmas combination. Not a traditional. If you want to be traditional, red and green, the traditional colors of Christmas. But also, what about red and white? Red, white, red, white, red, white. That, That could be, you know. Makes you think of candy canes. Uh, what about blue and white, Ron? What do you think of blue and white as as Christmas combination colors? I think more more modern, not so much of yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. I'd you know, have blue, to see white, it. blue, white, blue, white, blue, <laughs> white, or a Dallas Cowboy fan's house, one or the other. Oh well, the, if that's <laughs> the case, forget that. <laughs> So, um, all right, so here's what you want to look for if you want to get into the LED thing. And I know it's a week before Christmas, but, you know, some people don't even decorate until the week before Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. What are you looking for? Um, you want to look for lights that you can, and again, remember, you're going to pay a little more, Ron, for LED lighting. Yes. But what do you want to look for? Look for the ones that... Are, are so good that they come with a three-year warranty. Make sure they're UL certified and Energy Star rated. Uh, make sure they're one-piece constru- construction so moisture doesn't get in. Make sure they're fully rectified, and that will take care of the flickering not happening, unless it's being programmed to do things like that. Color-infused bulbs so the color doesn't chip, crack, or fade. Uh, make sure they're rated for 100,000 hours minimum of use. Look for nickel-plated contact so you have the best connectivity. And uh, dimmable so you can control the brightness on them. Um, when you're looking at C7 and C9 uh, LED bulbs, look for... Something that has three to five times more diodes than traditional bulbs. And also C7 and C9 bulbs, you want to make sure they're they're rated for 60,000 hours of use. So, there are some good tips for shopping for LED lights. And not just for Christmas, but all year round. Even inside. We're actually using white LED mini lights. <clears throat> I'm sorry, the five millimeter mini lights in interior in some places around the house, you know, um, just for accent lighting. And it's really neat. And then I saw another idea real quick before we had to leave. Another neighbor 
has, it looks like a star shower light, like I described that I'm using, but it points up at the tree. And I don't know what's going on inside that light, but when you look at his tree, and of course, you know, it's that time of year where all the trees are bare of leaves. It's just branches, right? So you look at the tree, and it looks like the lights are, are like running or crawling around the branches. It's really freaky, but cool, if that makes sense. So I got to talk to him and find out what that is because I think I want one. I don't know how it does it or if it naturally does that. I just don't know. So anyway, as I said, Christmas is next week. We're excited. Santa's coming. And it really is like the greatest time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And Sunday night on here on the QIB Radio Network is our Christmas extravaganza. It starts at 7. So if you're not doing anything, or you're making cookies, Christmas cookies, what a great, great thing to listen to when you're making Christmas cookies. Because we're going to play music, and then we're just going to have some Christmas fun. And I got all kinds of stuff uh, going on for the show, and Ron will be here, and Tony will be behind the glass here, and hopefully Stan will be there. And who knows who's going to stop in. We have no idea until we get there. That's when we'll know. But uh, that's Sunday night, 7 o'clock, right here on the QYB Radio Network. Be sure to check out QYBRadioNetwork.com for updates and such as to what's going on here on the network and on upcoming programming. Also, um, I want to thank everybody for listening to the program. Remember to watch out for zip files, attachments, links inside emails, emails that are not written correctly, grammatically wrong, asking for personal information, all signs to watch out for in this Christmas season while you're shopping and doing other things online. Obviously, if you're shopping in person, and by the way, online shopping is way up this year. Staggering. But be safe while you're out there, too. In person, visiting the stores. Travel in groups, shopping groups. And that way you can enjoy the holiday season. I want to thank Mr. Ron for sitting in. Uh, sorry, I couldn't get him to talk too much. <laughs> but, but Ron, always a pleasure. It's always and of course, a- our producer and engineer, Mr. Tony Richards, behind the glass from Reality One Radio. Thank you very much to him. Hopefully, I want everybody to keep your computers safe. But always drop us an email if you have a question. Tech Talk at QIB Radio Network.com. Until next week. Actually, I'm sorry, we are done on Tech Talk Live for the season. Oh, my goodness. I forgot to say that. We'll see you next season after the new year. Season 2 of Tech Talk Live. Good night, everybody. Merry Christmas. been interfacing with Tech Talk, a weekly presentation of the QYB Radio Network. To contact the show, send us email at techtalk at qybradionetwork.com. See you next week.